Happy Easter. Happy Holy Week. It is Holy Week as we record, but happy Easter as we talk about Easter, Easter Sunday. Sunday. Should we talk about the Trade at all? Um, yeah, sure, why not? So yesterday was Palm Sunday, and Which did you get to preach not yesterday? the Trade at but it's the beginning of Holy Week. Right, <laughs> just to set the stage, because I... last week we talked about Palm Sunday being an overture to yeah. Holy Week. Yeah, and I that's kind of how I preached, and in fact, it's on the internets. So people mm-hmm. could actually go and watch it. Yeah, why don't you put it in our show notes? On Loyola.org slash video. Or in our show notes. <laughs> uh, I went the route of, because we didn't do the first gospel, because we're okay. only allowed to do the third form of the procession. Mm. Hmm. Um, so I, but I did still talk about it. Because I thought it's Palm Sunday, and that's kind of the whole point of <laughs> of that right, whole thing. Right. So I still talked yeah. about it, and my my angle was this: I said, and I connected it back with how Jesus taught us to fast at the beginning of Lent. Do you remember how Jesus mm-hmm. taught us how to fast? He went into the desert. Well, how he taught us to fast. What are we supposed to do? Um, remind me. Wash our faces, not tell anybody, but to do it with joy, to, right, to smile. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I connected that with the way that he entered into Jerusalem, the city where he he is going to be uh, tried and executed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes to his death, not with anxiety and fear, but with joy, with procession as a king. Oh, sure, sure. No, that's good. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. And so then that leads us to this week. I mean, I didn't get to preach yesterday. I was, I'm still in quarantine uh, and I alternate days with the, the guy in the house that's a priest. Um, so I preached today, but he, he preached yesterday. Um, so I don't think I'll also even preach the Triduum. Are you going to preach the Triduum? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do, we will be live streaming on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, celebrate the i'll preach holy thursday and then preach the vigil oh that's awesome that's great talk to me about it what are you uh what are you thinking about for the triduum uh i don't really know i mean so here's another thing that i was wondering about especially on last actually i forgot to check the missile what does it say about um about preaching because on on palm sunday it explicitly says it should be brief Okay, but also right. can be right. omitted. Like you can do a period of silence. Oh, okay. Um, which is fascinating because we we do we we do talk about preaching as being a very integral part of the liturgy. Uh-huh. It's not historically; it's kind of one of these inno- modern innovations, but an important one. Mm-hmm. So when you're given, um. When you're when you're given the opportunity to not do it, well, what does that really mean? Sure, sure. I think it's a practical thing. I mean, well, it's, I, it right. only came up sure. because of the passion. Sure, right? like you just read something for fifteen minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally, totally. So get presumably that. the same, the same uh, petition would be the same. The same uh, caveat would be given on Friday, I guess. With the, uh, I'm looking that up right now. Um, 
So my question for you with the Triduum is going to be whether or not you're going to preach it as a series. Like, would you preach it as like, I have three homilies in sequence or is it three yeah. individual uh, that's things? A good, that's a good question. So here's something really interesting that I didn't even know about. Um, Thursday in the Missal, um, right before the washing of the feet, we're actually given a little prompt for what our homily should be about. It says, after the proclamation of the gospel... The priest gives a homily in which light is shed on the principal mysteries that are commemorated in this Mass, namely, hmm. the institution of the Holy Eucharist and of the priestly order, and the commandment of the Lord concerning fraternal charity. There you go. Yeah. So Whether that's that, fascinating. I didn't. Yeah. So I didn't realize that it actually gave you kind of, here's what you need to talk about. That's kind of cool. There you go. Yeah. I mean, so the gospel reading is always the washing of the feet. Mm-hmm. Um but it's also the commemoration of our Lord's uh, Last Supper, and we, you know, we had the veneration of the Blessed Sacrament all the way through midnight. So clearly, there's the institution of the Eucharist. Clearly, there's the the, serv- the servant dimension with the washing of the feet, and also it's a day in which the Chrism Mass is traditionally celebrated. So you have the renewal of sort of priestly commitment because it's the instit- institution also of that. Right. So I can understand why, and maybe it's good for the Missal to tell us to do that because we might just forget to talk about the Eucharist or forget mm-hmm. to talk about the priesthood, mm-hmm. just focus on the gospel because the gospel doesn't mention the Eucharist. Right. You know? Right. And so, no, that's good. That's a really good prompt. So there's your homily for Thursday. Right. And presumably, presumably you don't have, I mean, you don't have to connect it to Friday or Saturday, but it might be kind of interesting yeah. as a preacher to figure out how do you, how do you make a sequence of, of homilies where, you know, come back tomorrow and we'll have part two of our Triduum yeah. homily. Um, so, and for Good Friday, it says, after the reading of the Lord's Passion, the priest gives a brief homily, and at its end, the faithful may be invited to spend a short time in prayer, which is interesting because that, that was the option for Sunday, for Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. either a brief homily or. or some time in silent prayer. Now it's saying you got to huh. do both. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Saturday, of course, you, ha- you have to give a homily for Easter Vigil. Saturday, um, well, Saturday, there's no Mass, Deacon. Um, <laughs> well, at, there, on there Saturday, are there, no, is... there are no sacraments celebrated on Saturday. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Until the Vigil, Saturday night. So uh, Saturday night, which is technically Sunday, yeah. yada, yada, yada. I mm. am looking up what the Missal has to say about that. I think there is a homily. There, I think there is, follow- yep. Uh-huh. So anyway, so I look forward to hearing what you have to preach on. I'm not getting the chance to preach, but I am going to deacon the whole the whole Triduum. Well, I kind of um, want to so get- do here's what I want to do. And you can you can talk me down from this, but I'm pretty convinced without actually running this by my pastor, which I may need to do anyways. Um I really want to recite uh I'm still looking at this. Um, the <laughs> I Saint, can tell that you're looking at St. <laughs> John Chrysostom's Paschal uh, Homily, hmm. which is really, really dope. You just want to read it? Well, I want to proclaim it. I think I'm a pretty good proclaimer. Um, yeah, yeah. That could be kind of cool. I mean, on, on Saturday, there's plenty of other stuff happening at the Easter Vigil that and it's a long not, homily isn't all that necessary. And it's not, hom- it's not long. Right, right. Uh, why can't I find this? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think that you do need to preach on Friday and Saturday. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's... No, I'm going to. <laughs> that was never so, the question, David. 
<laughs> what was the question? What, just what it what it said said about it. I was just curious. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I think I think for for our listeners, it might be good for you to post that John Chrysostom homily in our show notes. Oh, yeah. That might be a helpful thing for them to to read. And I look forward to seeing. I mean, if you do get a chance to proclaim it, that'd be really really beautiful. I think it's so good. Um, it's so good. There's also the uh, there's also the anonymous homily for Easter Saturday, which could be interesting to read as well. Um, the anonymous homily. I've not heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, it might actually be the thing that you're confusing with John Chrysostom because it's the one, it's the one, it's the awake sleeper. That's the, that's the Easter vigil homily awake that is anonymous. Sleeper. Yeah, yeah, and it's calling forth the dead uh, on this Easter night. Um, it's a really beautiful, very traditional anonymous homily. It's in the Office of Readings, I think, huh? for, um, for the Easter vigil. But anyway, so then after the Easter vigil, we have. What, Easter Sunday morning, Easter and Sunday. I guess the readings, yeah, Easter Sunday, Mastering the Day, I, those are the readings I'm looking at, yeah. and we have um, the Gospel for John, from John chapter 20, where I guess Peter and the beloved disciple run mm-hmm. to the tomb mm-hmm. after Mary Magdalene goes there and runs to them. Yeah. But I, I didn't really focus on that. For me, I if I were to preach this Sunday, which I don't think I will, um, I'm just going to be deaconing, but I won't I won't be preaching. Um I really like the whole sermon in the book of Acts. Like, for one, I'll just say, I'm very grateful that we're now leaving Lent. I just think it's been a very long Lent, and it's going to be very beautiful to talk about the resurrection and new life in a time of crazy death and pandemic and illness. Um, I really like Peter's homily or Peter's sermon in Acts, and I particularly like how he emphasizes over and over again the role of being a witness or Mm -hmm. testifying to new life and the resurrection and the the death and resurrection of Jesus. So for me, I don't know, there's something really powerful about that is that the resurrection of Christ is known in the world by our witness to it. And that's the call of the Easter season is that you have to be a witness to the resurrection or else how will people know mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus has risen from the dead if we don't proclaim it? Um, anyway, that's, that's something that I latched onto right away. Um, how about you? Yeah, for, no, I like that. And I mean, the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, this is kind of well, this is what people do once they've had that encounter of the risen Lord. So how are, how right. are they being sent? There's there's very mission driven readings I find. Um, even yeah. even with yeah. Peter and John running to the to the tomb, like we're and again, you're totally right. Being connecting it to what's going on in the world these days. Even with that, um, in the face of that, even we are called to run towards the tomb. I always, right, I always right. like using, um, pairing this with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, how you've got Peter and, and John running towards the tomb and these other two disciples running away from the tomb, running away from Jerusalem, um, mm. and how Jesus goes and, well, he goes and, and, and appears to both of them. Okay. But to the ones running away, he still goes and does this pretty incredible, like liturgical act of recounting all of the reasons why this is a big deal, and um, and then once their hearts are opened, they turn back and and go, and kind mm-hmm, of an imitation mm-hmm. of Peter and John. So I do f- right. I do like this kind of m- movement driven theme that we've got in Easter. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. This is, this has now happened. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot of motion, right? So that Mary Magdalene, she runs to the disciples. The disciples run to the tomb. Uh, Jesus raises is raised from the dead. Um, 
Yeah, the go out, the go forth. Yeah, for sure. And Peter's uh, line here: He commissioned us to preach to the people. Like we've been, yeah. we've been commissioned to do something. Um, are right, we going right. to do it? <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I just, I can't imagine anybody reading the readings for the resurrection and not, and especially from the Book of Acts, and not being moved, you know, to to joy and excitement with it. I just find it very, you know, very telling. I, I love this image in, uh, so we have two options for the second reading, and I love this image in the one from Corinthians of the yeast. Anytime that yeast is mentioned in the New Testament, I find myself always drawn to that symbolism, just I think it works really well with what it means to be a Christian in the world. Um, you know, so not only, so did you know not know that little yeast leavens all the dough? Yeah. Um, our Paschal M. Christ has been crucified, therefore let us celebrate the feast, not with the old yeast of malice and wickedness, but that of sincerity and truth. And so I think there's just something really beautiful about it. It only takes a little bit, yeah. you know? So like this great commission that we receive from Christ to go into the world and to give witness to the resurrection, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot to make a big difference. Um, I think a lot of us, maybe myself included, that are called to be evangelists. It can be a little bit daunting to think that I have to convert the world. And it's like, not really. It just takes a little bit. Yeah. You know, Mary Magdalene at the beginning of the gospel this week doesn't really do anything. She just runs. <laughs> How simple it is. She just runs to the to the disciples and tells them what happened. That's enough to change the world, you know? Um, I don't know. I think that the imagery of, of leaven is really helpful here because there's a lot of dough and a little bit just goes a long way, you know? Yeah, and what um, does leaven do? It puffs it up. And I think that's another great image of how we're not called to live with ourselves being puffed up. <laughs> uh, mm. It's to let that leaven of Christ into our hearts and to and to let us rise mm. with that and not get puffed up with all the other things that can that can do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the verb there to rise clearly a resurrection verb, and you know, I think maybe there's something here about the Corinthians passage that might be helpful to focus on too with the Eucharistic dimension. So there's bread, there's rising, there's a little bit goes a long way. You know, then there's giving witness, all that wrapped up into this Eucharistic theology that you know that Paul has. I don't know. That might be another angle for the gospel. Oh, sorry for the homily. Um, what about the again, sequence like, though? Like, are we supposed to preach on that? I think you can. I think the the sequence is part of the readings. Yeah. Um, Do you know where it comes so from? So, Paschal. This sequence, I don't know. Paschal where... victim. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Christians to the Paschal victim, offer your thankful praises. It's probably just an ancient hymn. I don't really know from where it came. The sequence. So the sequence is one of those readings that only comes up on major feasts. Um, you know, so we have a, a sequence for. Corpus Christi, a sequence for Pentecost, um, a sequence here. I think there's a sequence also for uh, the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Um, yeah, and I think presumably it's another reading, so you have to do it. Yeah, I like this, uh, the shrouded napkin resting. I like the holy napkin. <laughs> oh, yeah, the shrouded napkin resting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see. So the tomb of Christ who is living, the glory of Jesus resurrection. Yeah, it is beautiful. Bright angels attesting. The shroud and napkin resting. Yeah, that is really beautiful. The, I, the prince of life who died I, reigns immortal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it might just be worth reading that again, you know, like and proclaiming this as yeah. your homily. Yeah. It's all there, you know? Um, anyway, I, I don't know. I think there's a temptation, I think, with the preaching on the resurrection, especially after the Triduum, like preaching all of the octave and then preaching the second and third Sundays of uh, Easter 
it's like it might be a little bit easier to go into some of the nuances of the readings, but with Easter Sunday in particular, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like we made it. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, and I wonder if it's if it would be helpful to um, for well for ease and for just to focus um, to maybe even look at the the um, the main characters like. Let's talk about Mary Magdalene. Let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about these people mm. that are that are moving and acting, and how can we imitate right. them? Like, not so much get into the theological. You know, this is this is Christ risen, although that is implicit in a lot of this stuff. Um, but I really like this this idea of the commission. Like, how have those before us gone, mm-hmm. and are we mm-hmm. imitating them who imitate Christ? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I uh, I like the, in John's gospel, there's always this tension in the time of the passion and the resurrection of seeing and believing. Um, you have Mary Magdalene seeing, believing. You have John seeing, believing. And then you have Thomas seeing, believing. All those questions of sight and faith. And you have it here at the end of this gospel. So like, if John is a role model for us, we put ourselves in the place of the beloved disciples. You know, how is it that we have seen God working in our life? And have we come to believe? Right. You know, and... There's a good there's a good invitation there for my own personal reflection. How do I see God working in the world? Do I have faith? You know, um, and sometimes faith is required to be able to see. You know, on, on the flip side, um, maybe one thought that I would throw in there too. I really like the Alleluia verse. I don't know if you read that, but the Alleluia verse is, I think, a really poignant thing at this time in our lives. Feasting. That Christ has been sacked. You know, let us feast with joy. Yeah. It just sort of emphasizes that distinction between Lent as a time of fasting, Easter as a time of feasting. And we're really good at fasting. <laughs> Sometimes we're not really great at feasting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And it becomes kind of um, a burden a lot of the time, especially when when these great feast days don't fall on Sunday. It's like, oh, I have to do this outside of Sunday? <laughs> right, right. It's like, what other things do I have to add to my day? Yeah, this, like, oh, I got to prepare a big meal. A feast isn't just going to church. It's It should be... And I think that's kind of what we're seeing in our um, in the church right now when people are trying to figure out how to Holy Week without going to church. Like, these feast days are, are things that need to really shape the way we see the whole day, not just yeah, when totally. I'm going to church. Yeah, oh no, that's, that's exactly right. So, like, will families celebrate Holy Thursday more than just, you know, streaming yeah. Mass from their parish, which is great, but will they do more? Will they have a feast at home? Will they celebrate a Last Supper together? Um, will they try to commemorate, you know, the Passion somehow with, you know, just sharing bread and water for lunch together while they meditate on the crucifix? Or, you know, on Saturday night, have a big feast. Sunday during the day, have a big feast. And, of course, it's the this is a difficult time with the pandemic of having a lot of supplies, but it just kind of raises an interesting question about how do we celebrate when we don't have a chance to go to our parish community? Well, you know, and I think and keep, God is doing something here. Yeah. And keep in mind, feasting is not the same thing as being gluttonous. Like you don't have to have all the things to have a feast. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> having a dessert, you know, having, I mean, just anything like, even even if it means like we don't usually have a glass of wine, you know, with dinner, but we're gonna have a little glass of wine here to celebrate the resurrection together. And yeah, I think that's right. 
I think my invocate my exhortation to anybody in the in the church, especially that might be struggling to celebrate, is like, look, give yourself permission to to celebrate, and don't let this opportunity go by. You know, like, don't let Thursday go by and just sort of check the box that you watched the live stream. Right. You know, like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do at home? Yeah, you know? I my my little sister was asking me about this very question. She wanted some some ideas, and I told her, look, you know, Thursday make a make a feast make a last supper um Mm -hmm. and then do some readings and wash each other's feet uh Mm -hmm. on on friday do you know do a stations of the cross and then build literally get the kids involved build a cross and venerate it later on in the day yeah like there's so many things that we can do more than just oh i watch tv today so i'm done (laughs) (laughs) because that's what can happen right like live streaming masks can just become watching tv yeah yeah, that's true. Cool, man. Any parting thoughts for this Holy Week? Uh, seriously, though, go pray. <laughs> yeah, spend time in the Triduum with the Lord and, you know, and send, spend time with your family praying, for sure. All right, man. Have a good Triduum. We'll talk soon. All right. All right, dude. Peace.